Hello, my name is Dr. Kim Farina, and I'm a veterinarian, and I'm the host of Pause and Reflect with Zoetis, provided to you by Zoetis Pet Care. Welcome to season four. In season one, we learned about ProHeart 12 with the active ingredient Moxidectin. And in season two, we got fired up about another new product, Symperica Trio, a combination of Moxidectin, Pyrantal, and Seralaner. And in season three, we explored veterinary leadership. In this season, we get to go back to medical topics. We have two episodes exploring veterinary dermatology, and here's what we're hoping. That these two podcast episodes get you up to speed on what's new in the world of veterinary dermatology and make dermatology simpler at your practice by using a team approach to managing cases. I'll be interviewing two extraordinary guests on two episodes who have stories to tell, information to share, and no doubt some laughs because I've got a quiz smack in the middle of the show so you can test your knowledge on some non-veterinary topics. Another thing, you don't have to listen to the episodes in order, but they do have a flow, so it may be helpful for you to listen to them sequentially. Today, we are interviewing Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, who is a board-certified veterinary dermatologist with Animal Dermatology Clinic in Portland, Oregon. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I always love speaking about dermatology and educating veterinarians on how to have fun with these cases while making a difference in those itchy patients' lives. So I'm just really excited to be here. Well, we are glad you are here. So let's get to know you. So tell us about your journey to becoming a board-certified dermatologist. Sure. I fell in love with dermatology my first year of veterinary school at the University of Missouri. I always like to tell the story and joke that it was actually an anesthesiologist who initially made me fall in love with dermatology. He was mentioning that if he could do it all over again, he would be a dermatologist because you don't have emergencies and hardly anything dies. So that sounded like a really great lifestyle, but it was truly the visualization and the science behind dermatology that made me fall in love. I just love that I can walk into a room and I know so quickly if my patient's doing well or not. I love the before and after pictures and I love that I can see and touch and feel and sometimes even smell the problem. So after I graduated, I did a small animal rotating internship at Purdue and then pursued a dermatology residency with Animal Dermatology Clinic in Tustin, California. And I'm still with that same company, but I relocated to Portland, Oregon in 2016. I just love seeing my cases and have found this passion for educating vets about managing these dermatologic cases. So you see many patients every day, but what cases do you see most frequently, would you say? Yeah, I don't really get out of a single day in the clinic without dealing with allergies and some sort of infection. The infection could be either in the skin or in the ears. They kind of go hand in hand because dogs and cats, they suffer from allergies and are predisposed to these infections. So we don't cure allergies. We have to really get to know our clients and patients really well as we manage them throughout their entire life dealing with these issues. Yeah. And for veterinarians and veterinary healthcare teams, what do you think is the most effective way or ways to increase success with dermatology cases? Yeah, I think 
Two really big, important things come to mind. First, performing cytology all the time. Uh, if that skin is red, crusted, lichenified, or even if it's an area that looks okay and the pet just keeps chewing or licking or rubbing, then we need to perform a cytology. I perform a cytology in almost every single case that walks in the door. Honestly, unless they're just there for just monitoring lab work or an annual exam, I'm likely taking a sample and looking under the microscope. So it's truly dermatology's minimum database. And I think it's really cool that we gain so much information from just a simple slide that we can read before the owner leaves. The next thing that's important is that great communication with your clients. Allergies are really frustrating and they do not go away. So it's really important to fully educate our clients and empathize with them. You can train your staff to help enforce that treatment plan, and you want to have a really cohesive message about the allergy workup. See, I love that, a cohesive and united message. I think that's key. So let's dive deeper into a team approach in handling dermatology cases. What I'd like is for you to walk me through the process. So from the time an owner calls your you know, your front desk with a paritic dog until they have the appointment and then they leave your office. Like, let's go through each hospital team member's role, you know, in the sequence. The pet owner calls your office. What happens? Sure. Uh, so the owner's going to call in to make that appointment. Whether that's their initial exam or recheck exam, our client service representative is going to explain that the doctor uses some of that exam time to go over a complete history with that patient. They'll see if there has been any recent veterinary general practitioner visits or other specialist visits. And then we have to make sure the records are available so we can see everything that's been done so we'll have owners bring a list of medications that their pet is currently on or that they have taken in the past. And then our CSR will even mention to them when they schedule that appointment, uh, there's going to likely be samples that are collected. So we get an idea of any infection that might be present. And I assume, you know, we're in the midst of COVID. You have had to make your appointments curbside. Any tips you'd like to share with us about this, you know, especially from the Durham perspective? Yeah, it's a difficult situation. And none of us thought we would have to practice medicine like this without seeing our clients face to face. You know, the allergy discussion, it's a really big one to have just over the phone or over telemedicine. So it's important to constantly check in with your client, even during the conversation. So I will pause and ask, do you have any questions? Or is this making sense? Also having very clear home care instructions with a future plan. So owners have something to refer back to. This could include things like more in-depth handouts, and that can really help you guys save time, and it can be over a variety of topics, but you really want your staff to help empathize the points uh, to the client, so they want to emphasize those thoughts. It's critical for you to see these dogs. So what happens 
once the dog is in your hospital? Yeah, we see our patients really chronically. So we really try to practice fear-free techniques such as using pheromones and gentle handling to bond with the animal and ease their stress. So we do a full dermatologic exam and all the pets, and that includes looking between the digits, the claw folds, the abdomen, trunk, and doing an otoscopic exam. And it's important to look at all of the skin rather than just looking at the areas of the skin that the owner is concerned about. You want to be complete with your exam. And I feel like that just sounds like such a smooth and efficient process, what you just described, and really to just provide optimal care, which I think, you know, obviously we would agree that is most important. Now, I do want to get your advice on a few more things, but it's time for a pause and reflect quiz, which we always have on these shows. Okay. So um, this one is called why I was late to this podcast quiz. (laughs) Are you up for it? All right. Sure. <laughs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna start with describing a scenario for why I was late to the podcast, and you see if you can tell me the name of the book the scene came from. Okay. So okay. I know you have young children, and so I tried to pick children's books that most of us would know. Oh, no. As always on the show, there are no prizes to win. There are no prizes to lose. It's just our producer sound effects of cheering. And I have this bell. <laughs> when you the bell. Okay. This is how it okay. is. So uh-huh. let's do it. All right. All right. Okay. So this is why I was late to this podcast. Number one. Ah. I'm so sorry I was late. You see, I was invited to a place and you wouldn't believe it, but one of the guests chewed some gum she wasn't supposed to and she turned blue and she got really big like a blueberry and this other boy fell in a river and it was a chocolate river and it got sucked up in a pipe. And, you know, this all started when I bought a chocolate bar this morning and it had a golden ticket in it. It's Willy Wonka. Yes, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Nicely done. Yay, I'll take the praise. (laughs) You know, this is number two. I apologize for being late, but there was this creature who kept offering me some meat and an oval-shaped food over and over again. And oddly, the food was just one color. It was a primary color. And he asked me, would I eat it in a box with a fox? And I kept saying, no, I'm a vegetarian. But he wouldn't (laughs) up. He'd ask me, would I eat it in the rain or on a train, in a house or with a mouse? He wouldn't stop unless I tasted it. Uh, Dr. Seuss with green eggs and ham. Nicely done. You're starting me off easy, I feel like. You know what? This is our last one. And I have to tell you, this is the first time we're doing this type of quiz. So I, so if it was a bust, yeah, I didn't want to make it too hard because <laughs> If you didn't get any of them right, then I'd be like, "Oh, this this is just bad." Take so, um, so, but let's see. Let's this this one is a is a book that's a little bit older. So we'll see. I was late getting to this podcast episode because I was told not to go to my house, but to go to London to King's Cross Station and go to platform nine and three fourths. I was supposed to run right at the wall between platforms nine and ten. Now. I'm a veterinarian, like you, we are sensible scientists. And I was thinking, how am I gonna do that? It took a few tries, I got it, but then somehow I got on a train with a bunch of kids who I think might've had some magical powers. Some had wands, 
I met a really nice boy who had round glasses and like scruffy dark hair. Harry Potter. Very good. I will say I am I my knowledge in Harry Potter is very little. So I was like impressed that even nine and three quarters I recognized. I'm very impressed because you said your kids were three and one. And yeah, so all three of those books were just from my memory. Like we're more on like very hungry caterpillar. <laughs> so those those will come. Those will right. come. Right. Yeah. This is definitely not for the, for the one-year-old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So let's move into diagnostics and the role of the veterinarian. Can you tell us what you do for this? Yeah, sure. We collect diagnostic samples and that could be cytology, skin scraping. We do all that while we're examining the pet. So you can make it pretty seamless. I often collect my own samples but you could absolutely train your staff to collect diagnostics so that you could make your time more efficient. I know veterinarians are very, very busy, especially right now. So what I love is since the cytology results are instant, you can use them to guide your entire diagnostic and therapeutic plan. So for example, if you saw a pet that had a lot of crusting and you do a cytology, you don't see any infection, then you might consider doing a biopsy while their pet is still in the building for that exam. If you do that cytology and you find a ton of infection, then you're going to address it with antimicrobials or performing a culture while you're starting things like antipyritics for those allergies. But you and I both know Derm cases can be complicated. So what advice would you give to veterinarians on how to work up these itchy dogs? Like straight up, what what would you say to them? I start off by saying, take a deep breath and look at these cases just like detective work. It's really critical to explain to the owner that it's not going to be a quick fix. You might not have all the answers right away. But that's why it's called an allergic workup. A lot of times on the initial exam, like I don't know all of the answers right away because different types of allergies can look the same. So it's really important that we take that time and take that deep breath to do the appropriate diagnostics like, you know, food rollouts and ectoparasite control because it might take time to actually rule out these certain types of allergies. So I break it into two kind of thought processes. Think of the short-term plan, like what's going to make that pet comfortable now or comfortable in the next few days. And then also what's the long-term plan? Like what are we going to do to start the process of figuring out that allergic trigger you know, I think that makes perfect sense in thinking in terms of the short-term plan, the plan to help this dog stop that itching right now, and then the long-term plan, as you said. What do you recommend to stop the itch? It's really essential that we make these dogs comfortable while we're figuring out all of these underlying allergies. So I do love using Apoquil during the allergic workup. It, it just works really fast. And I love that short half-life that it has. You can really use Apoquil as an on and off switch for paritis. And then that lets you see things like, was that food change really helpful? 
Both that and using Cytopoint was another option, act quickly. But if I did have a dog, say, that came in and they were under a year of age or it was a dog that was really difficult for the owners to medicate, then that's where I would turn to Cytopoint for comfort in that case. So continuing with our sequence in the appointment, now the owner is ready to check out at your front desk, you know, with their with their dog. What is important here? Communication. Like it is so important in dermatology. So make sure the home care instructions, the plan are really clear to the owners. Make sure your owners know that they can call you for clarification. Have owners monitor for things at home. So if seasonal flares happen when we change into summer or fall, um, even if that recheck went really, really well, I'm always letting owners know that they have to be on the lookout for these things. The chronicity and the need for continuing that management long-term has to be understood by the clients. What role do your technicians play in the communication discharge process? Oh, so many roles. I mean, they're like the lifeline for us managing these cases. Like most importantly, they continue that supportive communication to the clients. So it's great that they help do things like, you know, collect diagnostics or put together the medications to go home with. Those things are really important. Uh, but I really rely on my technicians to like confidently support my plan to the owner. So the owner feels really good about what we're doing moving forward. So when my techs are going over things like estimates or home care instructions, they feel really comfortable expanding even basic questions that the clients might have. But what I think is also really important is that my technicians, they know the worth financially of certain tests and medication and value to that pet. And that provides the owners a lot of comfort since they feel so confident in the pain, them paying for those things. So I think it's super important that we appropriately train our staff in the allergic workup itself and they know what's going on. Dr. Bourgeois, even the best managed dermatology cases have flare-ups. Can you give us any tips on how the team can help with this? Yeah, I'll sound like a broken record a little bit, but it's it's absolutely communication. Like the owners have to be aware those flares can happen. Like even when that pet's well managed, they have to know to be on the lookout for those things. They also have to know what a flare looks like. Like if you just say watch for your pet to flare, they might not understand. So rubbing, chewing, licking, scratching, head shaking, those are all potential signs of flaring. So the owners have to know what to recognize because if they do, then they're more likely to get their pet in sooner if they start to notice one of those issues happening. This can minimize the frequency and the severity of infections that we see develop from allergies. Well, I have to tell you, one thing I didn't recognize is where did the time go? This has been terrific, and we now have to wrap up. But thank you, Dr. Bourgeois, for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I didn't know I was going to be quizzed, but I'm glad I made it through and passed. Um, But most importantly, like I always love to chat about Durham, so I really appreciate it. Well, we're so glad you, you really came on the show. It was great. 
This is the final episode of Season 4 of Pause and Reflect with Zoetis, but don't be disappointed. There will be more seasons coming soon. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, and you will be notified when it launches. I'm Dr. Kim Farina, and this has been Pause and Reflect with Zoetis. Season 5 is on its way. This podcast was sponsored by Zoetis, the makers of treatments including Apoquel and Cytopoint. Do not use Apoquel in dogs less than 12 months of age or those with serious infections. Apoquel may increase the chances of developing serious infections and may cause existing parasitic skin infestations or pre-existing cancers to get worse. Apoquel has not been tested in dogs receiving some medications, including some commonly used to treat skin conditions, such as corticosteroids and cyclosporin. Do not use in breeding, pregnant, or lactating dogs. Most common side effects are vomiting and diarrhea. Apoquel has been used safely with many common medications, including parasiticides, antibiotics, and vaccines. For more information, please see the full prescribing information at apoquel.com. Indications for Apoquel are for control of pruritus, itching, associated with allergic dermatitis and control of atopic dermatitis in dogs at least 12 months of age. Indications for Cytopoint are as follows. Cytopoint has been shown to be effective for the treatment of dogs against allergic dermatitis and atopic dermatitis. Zoetis is dedicated to changing the way we approach canine pruritus to protect the bonds that matter most. Visit scienceofstrongerbonds.com for more information.